Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Dangerous Prayer series, in which we are challenged to pray for incredible things from God and believe that He will answer. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, we've been traveling through a series called Dangerous Prayers where we've been challenged to really come out of shallow Christianity. And through the course of the last few weeks, we've been encouraged uh, to, to really step out in our prayer life and understanding what dangerous prayers really are. I'll give you a recap in just a second. But before we get there, I want to know today, uh, if you've ever been around somebody who it seems like they want to be involved in every aspect of your life. Some might call them an overbearing person. Maybe uh, you're a parent and you've had a child like that. You've had a kid that, that wanted to know every detail. I'm not gonna have you raise your hands because your kid might be sitting with you right now, but you've probably had that. I know there's been times in our lives when the kids are coming up and they're like, hey, dad, what's going on with this? You know, maybe, maybe we're going on a trip. And they're coming home, hey, uh, when are we leaving? I'll say, we're leaving tomorrow. What time are we leaving tomorrow? I don't know, about 10. All right, are we leaving at 10.01, 10.02, or right at 10? We're gonna leave right at 10. Well, dad, what if we're running late? Are we gonna leave at 10.05? Are we gonna cancel the trip? And, and they wanna know every detail. And then we get on the trip, and it's, hey, dad, where's the first stop? Hey, dad, how much longer till this? Hey, dad, and the questions don't bother you. It's just, we've been, you've maybe been around somebody. Maybe it was a kid that wanted to know every detail. Maybe it was a, a nosy loved one. I don't know, a mom or a dad, that after you got out of the house, they call you every day. Hey, what's going on? What'd you do today? What'd you have for breakfast? What's going, what are you having for lunch? What are you guys doing tonight? What, what are you gonna do with the kids tomorrow? Hey, I heard you're leaving town. Where are you going? Hey, I... All of us have probably had somebody in our life that has wanted to be a little too involved in our life. Maybe it was a kid, maybe it was a parent or a loved one. Maybe it was just a friend or a coworker or someone from church. There's, all of us have been around people that we would say, man, I love you, but sometimes you can be overbearing. Hopefully it's not your spouse, just saying that. We've all been around people like that. What I wanna ask you today is, when, when we go through those times, we have somebody that maybe is a little overbearing, somebody that wants to be a little too involved in our, the details of our life. Can you imagine actually asking somebody to be overly involved in your life? I mean, can you imagine? Some of you are like, yes, I got married. I ask somebody to be over. I'm talking even more than that. Every one of us want time alone. You know, they say introverts are people who don't like to be around people, extroverts who are, uh, like to be around people. But the truth is, every one of us need our alone time. Every one of us need time when we're just, uh, you know, maybe it's by yourself. Maybe you like to sleep or you like to uh, watch your certain show or you like to do a sport. You just kind of need your own time. That's God created us that way. So I want to ask you this morning, can you imagine actually waking up and asking somebody to be overly involved in your life. Not necessarily just to be involved, but let's put it this way, to be overly controlling in your life. I mean, can you imagine rolling over to your spouse and saying, hey, could you dictate my day for me? Hey, I love you. I hope you had a great night. 
would you tell me everything to do today? I mean, can you imagine going to that one child and saying, honey, listen, I'm gonna give you every detail of my life and I want your input. I want you to tell dad, I want you to tell mom exactly what you, man, all of us are thinking, no, I would never do that. I don't, uh, overbearing people are already pressuring enough. I'm not gonna give them more opportunity to be even more pressuring, more overbearing in my life. But this morning, the exact challenge, the exact question that I just gave you is really our challenge. By the end of the message today, I wanna challenge you to give someone permission to be overbearing in your life. I wanna challenge you to give somebody permission to be overly, abundantly involved in every detail of your life. As a matter of fact, that's the dangerous prayer that we're looking at this morning. The dangerous prayer is, God, I want you to be abundantly involved in every area. God, I want you to be overbearing in my life. God, I want you to be the controller of my life. I said a moment ago, we've been going through this series, Dangerous Prayers. We've learned a number of things. The first prayer we looked at was out of Psalm 25, where David prayed, teach me, O Lord. And David said, I I just don't want to be complacent in life with my own knowledge. God, I want your knowledge. Teach me. Show me the path I should go on. The second week, we uh, learned from Uh, uh, Peter in Matthew chapter number 14 where he prayed the prayer of save me or help me and he said God I am I am desperate for you and we learned about the need that you and I have uh, to pray in desperation every day recognizing that I don't want to just call call to God when I'm in trouble I want to call to God before I get in trouble I want to call to God before I even put my foot on the ground God I need you today last week we were in Psalm 139 where David cried out, search me, O Lord. Search me and know me. Try my thoughts and uh, see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And, And we looked at that verse and understood that that wasn't David saying, God, I give you permission to search me. No, he had just written 21 other verses saying, God already knows you. He's already searched you. He already knows you better than you know yourself. And so search me, O God, is really me praying, God, show me what you know. And we don't like to be told we're wrong. But last week we were challenged to pray, God, tell me where I'm wrong. God, tell me where I need to grow. God, tell me how I can change to be more like you. This week, the desperate prayer we're looking at is two words. Bless me. Bless me. And you say, Pastor, how does bless me interpret into God be overly abundant in my life? We're gonna see it together. It's an amazing portion of scripture that I believe God will use to challenge us. I'm gonna tell you right now, I have, I have been super challenged this week in study. Uh, this is such a powerful passage. And so I'd ask you if you would, today, just tune in. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us and let's look at this incredible portion of scripture. First Chronicles chapter four, if you're there, stand with me. We're just gonna read two simple verses and then we'll pray and get right into the word of God. First Chronicles First Chronicles in chapter number four. And I want to read two verses this morning. The word of God says this in First Chronicles 4, verse 9. And his, it says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, called on the, because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, 
saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And notice the end of verse number 10. It says, And God granted him that which he requested. What an awesome testament. God granted him that which he requested. This morning, we're going to look into into Jabez's life and understand that while many people would look at this prayer of God bless me, many folks would look at that and say, you know, that's probably a a selfish prayer. That's something that, you know, he's kind of saying, God, make me better. I would venture to say this morning that his prayer of bless me has way more to it than just a selfish God focus on me prayer. No, Jabez was praying. He was praying this, God, I want you to be completely, abundantly, incredibly involved in every aspect of my life. I know it's a a passage that we're gonna learn from today and I hope that we'll be challenged to pray the prayer he prayed. Bless me indeed. Be abundantly involved in my life. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, why don't you take a moment and just in the quietness of your own heart, why don't you ask God to speak to you? You can pray something simple of, dear God, please speak to me. Dear God, please speak to me. And then would you make a commitment, God, as you speak to me, I'm listening to you. God, as you speak to me, I'm listening to you today. Dear Lord, we just want to come before you and thank you for the word of God. I want to thank you for how you use it to help us understand your will and your purposes in our lives. And Father, I want to thank you already for what you're going to do this morning and how you're going to speak into our hearts. And I pray that as we get into the word of God today, I pray that you would capture our attention. Whether we're here in person or online, God, I ask you that your spirit would move in and would work in each and every heart. Father, we need you. We need to hear from you, God. We, uh, our, our community needs you and our families need you. And so, Lord, we pray that you would work in our hearts today that we might go out and be a better example, a better follower of you this week. And so, Lord, I, I ask you that you would do the heart work that only you can do. And then, Lord, if there's someone today under the sound of my voice that does not know that heaven is where they would spend eternity. God, I pray that today would be the day they put their faith and their trust in you. Understanding that religion cannot save, church cannot save, baptism cannot save, but it's only through you and the finished work on the cross and through the resurrection. I ask you, Lord, that you'd speak to us, help us right now. I just humble my my heart to you and pray that you'd work in my life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. As we're introduced into the the life of Jabez this morning, we really don't learn much about him. We just learn about his prayer. There's a few things we'll see about him, but what I want us to understand this morning is that Jabez's prayer of bless me indeed is, is really not a prayer of selfishness, but instead it's a prayer of dependence. Now before we get to the prayer, let's just kind of discover a few things about Jabez. As you look at 1 Chronicles this morning, we meet this man named Jabez, and And uh, the Bible tells us what his name actually means. The name Jabez, it means to grieve or to cause sorrow. Uh, For those of you that were thinking about baby names, I would would think again about the name of Jabez. Literally, Jabez's name means pain. And his mom tells why. 
because I bear him with much sorrow. Now, we, we don't know exactly what that means, but we could read into it a little bit, that when Jabez was born, life was not very good. When Jabez was born, things weren't going well. When Jabez was born, his entrance into this world, whether it was a hard childbirth or a hard situation, there is something about Jabez coming into this world that his mom just said, man, uh, he is sorrow. Call him pain. Most of us probably don't know the meaning of our names because your parents probably didn't think, I'm going to name them something that is going to identify them. If my parents did, then I am God of wine. Because the name Dennis just means God of wine. I guarantee you my parents weren't thinking, oh, we're going to name him God of wine, you know? Unless they, W-H-I-N-E. Maybe that, was that it? Is wrong spelling. Oh, okay. Hooked on phonics. Anyway, um, uh, your, your parents probably didn't name you a name thinking about the meaning of the name. But in, in scriptures, they did. In the scripture, in the word of God, they gave names that, that meant something. That they were saying, hey, you're going to be identified by this uh, definition for your life. Think about, Ruth, think about Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi. Her name, uh, uh, really, Naomi meant Pleasant. But when she came back from the land of, uh, of, of uh, um, where'd she go? Where'd, Moab, thank you. When she came back from Moab, she said, hey, don't call me pleasant. Instead, call me Mara. Call me bitter. Why? Because the definition characterized who she was. I'm bringing all that up to say Jabez, like he walked in a room and people were like, oh, there's sorrow. Oh, there's pain. Oh, there's grief. Man, you talk about a characteristic that you have in your life. You talk about an identity crisis. Jabez literally walked around and, and people called him pain. His name identified him. I mean, his whole life, he was known as Jabez. He was known as sorrow. He was, he was known as discouragement. We're told his name. What was his name? Pain, sorrow, discouragement. But something else simple that we're told is we're told about his character. We're told about his character. Not just his name, how his parents identified him. We're told how God characterized him. Notice how God characterized him in verse number nine, where God says this through the writer of 1 Chronicles, that Jabez, he was more honorable than his brethren. He was more honorable than his brethren. This, the word brethren here, it means family or relations, not just brothers. So here's what we're reading. We're reading that Jabez, he was more honorable than all of his family. The word honorable, it means uh, a weighty character. It means to have a rich, honest, moral, ethical, principled, righteous character. That's, that's what the word honorable encompasses. And I think something's interesting this morning. Uh, you know, Jabez could have hung on to the character or the identity that his parents gave him. He could have walked around and said, yeah, my name's Jabez, I'm sorrow. And he could have let that identify him. But we read in verse number nine, that's not what identified him. No, what identified him was his character. Man, he walked around honorable. He was pleasing to the Lord. He was more honorable than all of his family. People looked at him and they said, hey, there's sorrow, but his name really doesn't match who he is. 
I love that. I love just a simple thought that as I was studying uh, just this truth that as Jabez went through life, man, what a great reminder that your past doesn't define your future. Man, your past doesn't define your future. And, and it, with Jabez, I mean, he could have said, uh, I can't believe my parents named me that. And he could have, he could have done which meant what much of our culture does today. He could have played victim his whole life. Have you noticed that? Everybody's a victim. Everybody's a victim. I was talking with, uh, I've had a conversation recently with many people just about the, uh, maybe this isn't a word, victimization. I'm just, I just made it up. Is that a word? Okay, it is now, yeah. Man, I make up some great words at church. You can go back. I just need to, Brian, we need to go back and find all the words I've made up. We'll make a dictionary. Yeah, pastor's preaching words. That way people don't understand. They can just look it up. Uh, when you look at it, man, uh, our culture our culture is people just proclaiming, I'm the victim. I'm the victim. Jabez could have done that. Psh, my mom called me sorrow. My mom called me pain. My mom named me discouragement. And he could have walked through life moping, but instead he, he said, no, I, I'm not gonna let my, my past define my future. Can I encourage you this morning? Don't ever let your past define your future. Don't let who you were or where you came from define where you're going. Well, you just don't know what they did to me. You don't know how that hurt. You don't know about that divorce. You don't know about, hey, hey, hey. God does, and he says, I've got a future for you. Live in the future, quit living in the past. We need to maybe listen to the, uh, uh, the advice of Pumbaa from Lion King. What he say? He said, put your past behind you. Man, hey, put your past back and move forward. I love Jabez. I was thinking about that. He could, have let, he could have let his past define his future, but he didn't. We see today something about Jabez. We notice his name. His name wasn't great, but his character was. His character was. And while we learn his name and we see his character, we're actually given access this morning into one part of his personal life. We're given access today uh, by God. God calls us into, he calls our attention to one specific time in his life. And this time is, is a prayer. And we can know most assuredly that the Lord wanted us to know this prayer. It's a time actually that the scripture says that Jabez, he called upon the Lord. This phrase, called upon the Lord, it's more than just a mealtime prayer. It's more than uh, just a nonchalant, mum, nonchalant mumbling to the Lord. The phrase called upon, it means to pour out the heart, to cry and to approach boldly, aggressively, and with complete openness. What we read then is that Jabez, he opened himself up to the Lord, literally filleted his heart before the Lord and said, God, I want to pour out everything to you. And he didn't do it uh, um, uh, timidly. He did it aggressively. This doesn't mean violently or frustratedly. No, we would use the phrase bold. God, here's my need. God, I'm bringing it to you. He cried out to the Lord. Not only do we find that he called out, but it says that he called out to the God of Israel. You know what I discover when I read that he called out to the God of Israel? He poured his heart out to the person whom he knew cared. I love the song that uh, Greg sang just a moment ago. Man, he cares. He cares about me. This is something that Jabez knew. I mean, he, he was pouring his heart out with boldness to the God of Israel. He was praying to a God that was personal. If you were to go to 1 Chronicles 
most people come to the first nine chapters of Chronicles and just breeze right through it. Why? Because it's just genealogies. So-and-so begat so-and-so, who begat so-and-so, who was the son of so-and-so, who was the son of so-and-so, and and they begat so-and-so, and and they died. And then they begat so-and-so, and and they begat so-and-so. I mean, that literally, first chapter is the line of Adam, second chapter is the line of uh, Israel, third chapter is uh, is the uh, uh, descendants of David, and then the fourth chapter, the line of Judah. And in this line of Judah, it's just like Judah begat, and -and so-and-so begat. And oh, by the way, they had a kid named Jabez. And if you were to skip the first nine chapters of First Chronicles, you would miss this. It's put in there for a reason. Why? Because Jabez cried to the God of Israel, the God whom he knew cared about his situation. And he's praying to the God of his fathers. He was praying to the one that he had heard stories about, to the one whom he knew could answer dangerous prayers. And what Jabez needed, he realized, I can only get from the God of Israel. Well, what was his need? What was his prayer? His prayer can be summarized in three words. Bless me indeed. Bless me indeed. Now, at first glance, I stated it a moment ago, this prayer, it could probably come across as a little selfish. One might think that although script, maybe not necessarily what God useful, the prayer bless me is focused on what I want, maybe not necessarily what God wants. Honestly, a lot of people would come to the prayer, bless me, and they would say, that doesn't sound like a dangerous prayer to me. I mean, it's safe, it's comfortable. Someone could uh, even probably argue that it's a short-sighted prayer. Bless me. Keep me from harm. Keep me from pain. Make my life coasting-free, stress-free. I mean, after all, who wants struggles in life? I was listening to a friend preach this morning online and he said in life, there's a lot of people that think once you get saved, you should be able just to go through life with no struggles. Wouldn't that be nice? So we could look and say, all right, God, just bless me. You know, just just bless me. Make my life life crystal clear. Make my life a, a crystal sea that's just coasting through. But I want us to see this morning that this prayer is so much more than what we might think on the surface. This prayer, what we stated at the beginning, is a prayer of dependence upon God. How do we discover that it's a prayer of dependence upon God? I want you to see that as Jabez opens his heart up to the Lord and pours his heart out before the Lord, his his request is summarized in three words, bless me indeed. But the phrase bless me indeed, it doesn't just mean bestow good upon me. Here's what the phrase, bless me indeed, in the Hebrew, here's what it means. It means have an abundance of involvement in my life. God, I want you to have an abundance of involvement in my life. You know, Jabez is praying. God, I want you to be overbearing in every aspect of my life. Jabez was praying, he was desperately asking the Lord to be abundantly involved in his life. And he was saying, Lord, I want you to be overly involved. I am dependent upon you to be active in every single area of my life. And then Jabez gives three specific areas of his life where he's begging for the Lord to be abundantly involved. Notice these three three areas. He says, Lord, I want you to be abundantly involved. Bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. God, bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. This is Jabez praying for more. 
He's praying for more. He's praying for more land, but not just for more land. He's praying, enlarge my coast. It means increase my reach. Give me a greater reach. Lord, be abundantly involved in my life by increasing my impact. I want you to think about this. Think about what he's asking. As I'm studying uh, this last week and going through this and, and reading, bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. I mean, my first thought kind of goes and says, well, you know, he's just asking for more land. That's it. But I want us to think this morning what that really meant in that day. How did they gain land? Did they gain land by going down to the real estate office and walking into the realtor and saying, hey, Mr. Realtor, I would like to buy some land. They didn't do that. No, Jabez and the tribe of Judah and in First Chronicles and, and the people of Israel, we know that they had to get land by conquering land. They had to move into the promised land by taking out the Philistines and the Canaanites and the, the Amorites and the Midianites and the, all the ites. All the ites and the eens, the ites and the Philistines. That's it, man. They went in and they had to conquer land. And so uh, when you look at this, Jabez, he's saying, give me more, increase my influence. But by praying, increase my influence, increase my reach, he's praying, God, give me more battles. God, I want more ground, but I know that means more struggles. You see, by gaining land, you're fighting battles. By increasing your reach, you're increasing your struggles. By increasing that land, you're increasing responsibility. And as you increase influence, you increase obstacles. And Jabez, he was asking God to increase his reach, increase his influence, but also it meant increase my obstacles. Lord, be abundantly involved in my life and increase my reach. When Jabez prayed, be abundantly involved in my life, he didn't pray, God, just make my life coasting easy. He said, God, make my life of a greater influence. Be abundantly involved in helping me impact people in a greater way, have a greater reach. But that was also Jabez praying, Lord, bring the struggles on. This is definitely a faith prayer. Asking the Lord to be abundantly involved by increasing your influence. This is something, no doubt, that, I'll be honest, many Christians should pray, but don't pray. Oh, we want God to bless us. We want God to make us more influential. We want God to enlarge our coast, to increase our reach. But we don't want the challenges that come along with that. Everyone wants the 6,000 square foot home, but you don't want the cleaning of the 6,000 square foot home. Everyone wants the, uh, a brand new Tesla, but you don't want to pay the upkeep for the brand new Tesla. See, we want the blessings without the struggles. Jabez wasn't, Jabez wasn't praying, God, bless me, make my life uh, a cushion life. No, he was praying, God, be involved in my life. And if you increase my reach, I know it's going to increase my struggles. I know it's going to increase my challenges. You, you can't, you, you got to understand this morning, we often want growth, but we don't want growing pains. 
When I was growing up, I remember, uh, of course, my dad's 6'5", and, and my sister, Dina, she's 5'11". Dawn, poor Dawn over here. It's good to have my sister with us. Only 5'4", so she's the runt of the litter. <laughs> but I remember growing up, you know, uh, we always, I was always like, Dad, I want to be as tall as you. But then when I was a teenager and those growth pains set in, I was like, Dad, I don't want to be as tall as you. I don't want to have the pain. We want faith, we want more faith without trials. Not Jabez. He was praying, God, be abundantly involved in increasing my reach. He was saying, God, however you go about making my influence greater, do it. I can honestly tell you this morning that this is a hard thought for me. As I was studying this week and uh, uh, even Friday night, I was just sitting in the room where we were staying and I was reading through and studying some of this and going through and, and uh, finishing up everything and putting all the thoughts I've been working on in the week and just putting everything together. And in all honesty, as I was typing things out, man, I started to tear up. Because I, I, I thought, you know what, I, I, want, I want to have a greater influence I want to have a greater reach. But I don't like challenges that come along with it. I don't like the pain that comes with it. But can I tell you this morning that no muscle increases strength without being challenged and stretched, including the muscle of your faith. No Christian sees their influence increase by remaining in the comfort zone. It just can't happen. You could say it this way, there's no deep sea fishing in the shallow waters. But the shallow waters, they don't have the turbulence of the deep sea. I wonder how much stronger many of our lives would be and how much greater of an impact. Listen, how much greater of an impact could you have on your workplace and with your coworkers and, and with your family if you would simply pray, God, increase my reach. I, but I know that means more struggles are coming, Lord, but I have faith. That God, if you allow it into my life, then you're going to bring me through it. God, if you're going to put me in that boat, you're taking me to the other side, but the storm might come in the middle. That's a hard prayer. I wonder how many of us this morning would have a greater impact for the Lord if we would ask him to be abundantly involved in our lives by increasing our reach. But can I tell you this morning, as we've said all the way through the series be careful not to pray it unless you're going through one, unless you're willing to go through the challenges that come with it. That's where the hard part is. Jabez prayed, bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. Then he prayed, bless me indeed and be with me. Bless me indeed and be with me. Notice the prayer of Jabez, what he says. He says, oh, and that thy hand might be with me. Bless me indeed and, and enlarge, my, enlarge my coast and all oh, that thou wouldest bless me and, and that thy hand might be with me. This is Jabez recognizing his dependence upon the presence of God. I pray for thy hand to be abundantly involved in my life. This is Jabez saying, God, give me your presence. Lord, I can't go through life without you. God, I want you to be abundantly present in my life. As I was thinking about this, what it means to ask someone to have their hand in your life, 
in asking for the presence of the Lord or the hand of the Lord in his life, Jabez was asking for, number one, fellowship with God. He was asking for fellowship with God. I won't do it this morning, but I could have Hannah come up and, and walk across the platform and we could hold hands. And maybe you've seen the couples walking down the street holding hands. We've all seen the couples where she's like 10 feet in front of him and he's walking behind mumbling and complaining. Uh, we've seen that, but we've also seen probably the couples walking down the street holding hands. I remember years ago, Hannah and I were uh, at her cousin's wedding and there was this older couple there and we didn't know them. They were just friends and, and they were, prob- they were probably, um, uh, probably early 80s, 80, 80, maybe mid 80s. And you know, it's so cool. You could tell they were still in love. I mean, they were still in love. They were holding hands. They were enjoying time together. You know what? When you're asking someone to grab your hand, you're saying, hey, I wanna spend time with you. I wanna fellowship you, with you. I want a fellowship with you. And this is Jabez saying, God, I want you to be in my life. I want to know your presence. I want to know fellowship with you. He was also asking for leadership from God. For God to grab your hand is him saying, Lord, I want you to steer the direction of my life. I want you to guide me. He was asking for fellowship with God, leadership from God, but then also correction by God. In asking for his hand to be with him. You think about when you're, maybe as a parent, when you're leading somebody by the hand, every now and then, the hand of the person you're leading doesn't want to go the way your hand wants to go. I mean, think about the child who's being led by their parents to the grocery store. Your child doesn't want to go to the health food section. They don't care about going to the meat aisle. No, they, they want to go to the end caps. Why? Because what's in the end caps? Snacks, candy, ice cream, soda. And so if you're walking with your kids through, through the grocery store and you're holding them by the hand, you, you, got, you have fellowship, you're leading them, but they're going, mm, Dad, think about that three-year-old that's just pulling away. And what do you have to do every now and then? Oh, you're, you're not the parent, hopefully not the parent that you know, rips their arm out of socket. But every now and then you just give their arm a little tug. No, we're not going that way. No, stay with dad. You know what the Lord needs to do sometimes in your life and my life? We say, God, I want to go. And he says, nope, that's not the direction we're going. Just a little correction. Nope, nope. You know what Jabez was doing? He was saying, God, I not only want to have fellowship with you and have your leadership in my life, but God, I give you permission to correct me. When I'm getting out of line, I give permission to just pull me back in line. Oh, listen, don't look at the prayer of Jabez. For years, I always thought this is just a superficial prayer. Lord, bless me, make me better. But he's saying, God, I want you to be abundantly involved in my life. God, I want to know fellowship with you, and I want to know your leading. I want to know your correction. I'm reminded this morning of another follower who prayed about the presence of God. It's Moses in Exodus 33, 14, where 33, 15, he said unto, he, Moses said unto him, unto God, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Moses leading the children of Israel out of uh, Egypt into the promised land. And he says to God, God, listen, if you don't go with me, don't make me go there. If you're not going with me, I don't want to go there. And that, that should be your prayer request and mine today is, God, I just want you to lead me. Lord, I give you permission to correct me. God, I want fellowship. I don't want to go through today without you. God, don't lead me through today if you're not going to be with me. But you know what most Christians do? We wake up in the morning, we say, good morning, Lord, then we leave him in the bedroom. 
We wake up in the morning, we say, good morning, Lord, bless my food. Help me to have a great day. God, give me a good day. God, give, 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 give. And then we leave them at the kitchen table. I wonder how could our lives change if we said, God, be abundantly involved in my life, increasing my reach, even though it means increasing my struggles. And God, let your hand go with me, even though it means leadership that maybe I don't want sometimes and some correction that I may, may not, not think I need at times. Oh, bless me indeed. It was, it was Jabez pouring his heart out to the Lord. Be abundantly involved in my life. God, I want you to be abundantly involved, abundantly present in my life. I ask you this morning, when's the last time that you prayed, God, I, I want you to be present in my life? Jabez was praying, bless me by being with me. When's the last time you prayed, God, fellowship with me. God, lead me. God, correct me. Can I just tell you this morning that what this world needs is, it, it, it doesn't need more followers who are complacent. It doesn't need followers of Jesus who are just going through life comfortable. Now let me tell you today that this world, your, your workplace, your school, your neighbors, your family, your friends, they don't, uh, those people that are in your sphere of influence, they, they don't need a Christian who just knows about Jesus. They need a Christian who knows and walks with Jesus. That's what this world needs. Those around you, they, they need someone. They, they don't need someone who just knows knowledge about him. They need somebody who knows him personally and walks with him as their, his hand in their life. You think about Acts chapter four and verse number 13, it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And then notice the last part, it says that they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And they looked and they said, these guys, they're different. They know, they know the presence. They've been with Jesus. They don't just know about him. Pilate and Herod, they had heard about him. They knew about Jesus, but they didn't know him. I'm afraid today there's a lot of Christians that we pray, God bless me, but I just want to know you a little bit. I don't want your hand with me. Oh, I want the fellowship. Oh, I don't care about the leadership, but I don't want the correction. The fact of the matter is this, that we need his presence in our lives. Why? Because when, you're weak, when you are weak, his, his strength is there. Whenever you are hurting, his comfort is available. When you're tempted, his grace gives you a way out. When you battle with thoughts of, of bitterness or emptiness or lust or greed or jealousy, God's word and God's presence can renew your mind. When you go through life and you're tripping over your pride, he can come and his presence comes and reminds you to humble yourself and he will lift you up. And when you're a hiding the secret sin, his presence reminds you that if you'll just confess it and forsake it, he says, I promise I will forgive it and be, have a renewed relationship with you. Listen, today I want to encourage you, ask God to be abundantly involved by being present in your life. Bless me indeed. Enlarge my coast. Increase my reach, even though it means increasing my struggles. Bless me indeed. I want you to be with me, even though it means correction. Then the last thing he prays is bless me indeed and keep me. Bless me indeed and keep me. 
from evil. He says that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. This is Jabez asking God to guard him from evil, to keep him, to uh, protect him, to shield him, to guard him. He's saying, God, I want you to guard me against anything that is outside of your character. Guard me against anything that is sin in your sight, anything that would harm the honorable character that you've helped me to build. God, protect me from that. Notice what he says, that it may not grieve me. That's an interesting phrase. Here's what Jabez understood. He understood that when evil, when sin, when anything outside of the character of God gets into your life, it literally hurts you. Sin in my life hurts me. It grieves. It damages. It stifles the growth. It it stops the relationship. Or the fellowship. It doesn't, it doesn't stop the relationship. It stops the fellowship with the Lord. And Jabez knew this. And so he said, God, I don't want you just to increase my, my, uh, my coast and increase my reach with the struggles. God, I don't want you just to walk with me and lead me and fellowship with me and correct me. God, I also want you to guard me. God, keep me from, from sin. God, protect me from anything that would hinder my heart with you. We should more often pray this, God, I want you to abundantly protect me from evil. Guard me from that which would hinder your work in my life. We need to recognize that our relationship with the Lord, it is directly affected when we allow sin or evil into our life. Your relationship with God is affected. I say this often that I use this phrase that when, or this idea that when you and I sin against God, The relationship isn't broken, it's just affected because the fellowship is broken. You see, there's religions out there that say when you get saved, if you sin, you lose it and you have to get saved again. That's not in the Bible. I'm not trying to to criticize another religion. I just want to lift up the word of God and what truth is. And the truth is that Jesus said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's, It's definitive. It means it will happen. You are saved once you know Jesus Christ is your savior. He has moved into your life. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new by the empowering spirit and the the, the, uh, uh, finished work of Jesus Christ. But when you sin, even though you're still a child of God, your fellowship's broken. I'm always Dennis Fountain's son. Dennis, Dennis, and Dennis. We make it really easy in our family. I'm always going to be his son. I'm not going to do this, but if I went out and robbed a bank and went to jail, I'm still his son. We're, we're still relation. But I'm not going to be able just to walk over and give him a hug anymore. I'm not going to be able to just pick up my phone and call him and say, hey, dad, how you doing? I'm not going to be able to jump in my car and drive over to his apartment, sit down, drink a cup of coffee, and play a game. not going to be able to do that. Why? Because I'm in jail. My fellowship is broken. Oh, the relationship's the same, but the fellowship is broken. That's what happens in your life and mine when we allow sin to encamp and be in our life. It, it doesn't hurt the relationship. Oh, we're, we're God's children. No, it it just, it affects the relationship because it hinders our fellowship. 
So Jabez prays, God, God, keep me from sin. May we, like Jabez, have a heart that says, God, abundantly guard me from evil. As I close this morning, I just want to say that bless me is not a prayer of selfishness, but instead it's a prayer of dependence. Jabez is not praying, God, you would better give me a better life. God, you better give to me. No, his prayer is a prayer of dependence. God, I need your involvement in my life. God, increase my coasts, even though it means increasing my struggles. God, I I pray that you would, your hand would be with me, even though it means that there's fellowship, leadership, and at times correction. And then God, I, I pray that you would abundantly protect me from sin because it's gonna grieve me. God, it hinders that relationship. I wanna challenge you today to allow this dangerous prayer to be the declaration of your heart and your life this week. God, I'm dependent upon you to be abundantly involved in my life. But I wanna tell you this morning, I wanna warn you in prayer with a quote. And the quote is simple. That dependent prayers brings defining, dependent prayer brings defining moments. Dependent prayer, it brings defining moments. What does that mean, pastor? Well, this prayer, just like any of the other prayers we've looked at, it can be easy to think about. It it can be easy to pray, yeah, I want God to be abundantly involved. Yeah, I want that. Yeah, I want God to be abundantly involved in my life. But it's hard to follow through. Because what if praying for him to be abundantly involved in your life by increasing your reach, what if that means you're going to have more challenges? What if that means your faith is going to be tried? What if that means you're going to have more struggles? What if praying, bless me by being abundantly and present in my life, what if that means that he's going to turn your life in a direction that you don't want to go? What if that means that God is going to correct you in some areas that that you're straying away from him? What if praying, bless me and abundantly protect me from evil, what if that means more conviction upon him is it's going to bring defining moments in my life? Because when you ask him to be abundantly involved in your life, you're going to have to choose, listen to him or continue on my own. I can pray God increase my reach, but when God says, here's a struggle I want you to conquer, here's a way I want you to overcome, I choose to say, okay, Lord, I'm still following, or I choose to say, nope, I'm out. (laughs) Nope, coach, don't put me in. (laughs) I hope this morning that you'd make the decision to pray, God, bless me indeed. Be abundantly involved in my life. Increase my reach, even though it means increasing the struggles. Have your hand guide me, even even though it means correction might come. Keep me from evil even though it means conviction might take place. But this morning as we close out, I wonder maybe you're here and you can't pray for God to be abundantly involved in your life because you don't know that he's in your life. I wanna ask you this question. Do you know that you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Do you know that if you died today that you'd spend eternity with him? See, the truth of the matter is this, that Jesus loved you and he came to this earth and died on upon a cross. He was buried He was crucified, buried, and rose again for your sin and for my sin. 
And he did it all because he loves you. Not because you deserve it or I deserve it. Not because you're a good person that could achieve it. No, he knew that your sin and my sin, it's as filthy rags before the Lord. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags before him. So what's that make our sin? Our sin's a disgrace before him. And God can't have sin into heaven, and so you and I, we're born separated from God. We're born separated from a relationship with him and separated from the opportunity of going to heaven. But when Jesus came, he said, I love you enough to die in your place. I will give my life because he was the perfect sacrifice, the perfect sinless son of God who came to this earth and died for my sin and for your sin. And he did it so that you could be restored, so that you could have a relationship with God. He did it so God could be involved in your eternity, but also in your everyday. And so if you're here this morning or if you're watching online and you don't know if you died today, you're going to heaven, I want to tell you this morning, church can't save you. Religion can't save you. Baptism can't save you. You can't save you. Only the finished work of Jesus Christ can save you. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus is in your life, today could be the day where you put your faith and your trust completely in him. Say, how do I do that? It's simple. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. What does that mean? It's summarized in verse 13 of Romans chapter 10 by this verse, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, my friend, you could know Jesus Christ as your savior today by confessing with your mouth that you believe on him in your heart. But this morning, if you're here and you don't know Christ as Savior, if you're watching, you've never done that, I want to challenge you to make that decision today. But if you do know Christ as your Savior, I want to ask you, I want to ask you, do you have the faith to pray a dangerous prayer this week? What's the dangerous prayer? Lord, bless me indeed. Be abundantly involved by increasing my reach. Be abundantly involved by walking with me and being present. Be abundantly involved by guarding me and keeping me from evil. But don't just pray those prayers if you're not willing to follow through. That's where the challenge comes in. I hope this morning we'd make the decision, Lord, this week, this week I'm gonna pray some dangerous prayers because this week I wanna have a deeper Christianity because when we pray dangerous prayers, God promises to grow our Christianity. When we pray dangerous prayers, he promises, he promises to work in great ways in your life. Oh, it doesn't mean that he's gonna drop a million bucks in your hand. If he does, let me know. We have a building fund we're trying to work on. It doesn't mean that everything's gonna be hunky-dory. No, it just means that you're gonna grow as a Christian. Your increase will reach, or your, 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 your reach will increase. And so this week, let's pray, God, help me. Help me to pray the faith, have the faith to pray some dangerous prayers. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.